Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of PR Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you a special guest, Dr. Monique May, also known as the physician in the kitchen. She is a board certified family physician with over 20 years clinical experience. More importantly, she is a best-selling author and self-proclaimed kitchen gadget junkie, which I we can't wait to talk about, um, who loves to cook and experiment in her kitchen, which she refers to as the lab. Her first book, Meal Masters, Your Simple Guide to Modern Day Meal Planning, is already an Amazon bestseller. And her follow-up book that's uh, on the way, Doc Fix My Plate, Coming soon, again, we're, and we're hoping to make sure that also becomes an Amazon bestseller. Today, she is going to talk about four ways the pandemic has changed how we eat. Remember, if you uh, listened to last week's podcast episode with Dr. Bowley, you already kind of got in the mindset of how we got to where we're at as far as our eating habits, especially with the pandemic kind of upon us. Now, she's also going to, Dr. May is going to really pinpoint Again, four different ways that it really has affected how we eat. More importantly, we're going to talk about what to do, right? That is change your eating, right? What to do to kind of get over uh, that hump that you may be experiencing during this pandemic. So like always, remember, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review and tell this uh, to not only one friend, but tell this to maybe five friends or 10 friends uh, to check out today's episode. Make sure they subscribe, hit that download button, and uh, leave us a five-star review as well. So y'all guys be blessed. Let's get ready for another amazing episode. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. And for the thanks of being a devoted podcast listener, I'm going to give you opportunity to save 10% off today's purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Go to shop.drbeerpierre.com. Use the coupon code EMPOWER10, all one word. You'll save 10% off your entire purchase. Remember, 50% of all proceeds are donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization giving out scholarships for high school students. Welcome to another episode of Medicine Mondays. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist, host of Medicine Mondays, uh, part of the Empower Self for Better Health series as well as our other YouTube channel, Dr. P.S. Health Checks. And we have a special episode for you, especially with a special guest who I'm excited uh, to come on, talk about, more importantly, what about the pandemic and more importantly, eating, right? Two, two of the most important things, especially right now, what's going on. And um, I'm excited to have Dr. May on in. Uh, again, she is not only a board certified uh, family physician, she's a best selling author of not one, but soon to be two books that's coming up. We're going to we're going to get into some of her business about that for sure. Uh, but she's going to talk to us about, again, what what do we need to do? What do we need to look for when it comes to kind of the eating, the eating ways and hopefully what to get out of it, right? Kind of get on the outside of it, right? I think a lot of you guys have talked about, I've seen this term pandemic pounds, right? Like, so how do we help get some of these pandemic pounds off of us? Dr. May, first of all, thank you uh, for joining uh, this week's episode. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Barry. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. 
So if I may, if you can just give a quick uh, introduction on who you are, especially this, you know, uh, even though your description will be all, uh, your bio will be in the description, people will just, you know, they, they do what they do, that which is which is okay, right? They like to hear from the guests specifically say like, who is, who is this guest that Dr. Pierre is like fawning over? Like, who, who is Dr. May? Well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I am Dr. Monique. I am a board certified family physician, as you said, and I am known around social media as the physician in the kitchen. I help busy households enjoy healthy eating without impacting their hectic schedules through my online cooking classes. And as you mentioned, my Amazon bestselling book, Meal Masters, Your Simple Guide to Modern Day Meal Planning, and my soon to be released cookbook called Doc Fix My Plate, The Physician in the Kitchen's Prescriptions for Your Healthy Plate Makeover. What's what's interesting again? I always, especially when I, you know, when I get guests on, right, and you know, obviously, then you know, again, they're doing the medicine thing, but they're kind of doing a little bit extra. I always ask, what was that fork in the road that said, you know what, like. I want to kind of go in this direction. That isn't the traditional see a patient in you know the office, take care of them, take care of families. But like, what kind of made you go down this kind of fork of the road as far as being being the physician in the kitchen? Well, you know, it's so funny you you ask that. It's really you know, it's hard to put my finger on one thing, but I, I think I would say that probably um, the the real push or the impetus was I was in a position. I had worked as a medical director for five years in a clinic, and I got to the point where I realized these people don't value me. You know, they are working me. They don't value me. And I was getting to that point where I wasn't enjoying what I did anymore. And so it just so happened that an administrative position came open. And then along that time, I met Dr. Dreon Birch, who you know very well, our our mutual business coach, Dr. Dre. And, um, you know, he really showed me the light as far as monetizing my medical degree in in non-clinical ways. And so being in this non-clinical position as an administrator, I work in more of an admin role now, really freed me up, really gave me the time to pursue this other interest. And it really, for me, is just the perfect combination of my two passions, which is really educating. You know, as a physician, we're, we're educators, we're advocates for our patients. So it lets me do that. But instead of kind of one on one in the exam room, I'm now doing it on a larger platform with social media and um, you know, platforms like this and through my books and other things. And it also lets me show off my skills or, you know, enjoy or share what I know about cooking. And I, I know we only got an hour, so I'm really going to have to reel me in. I don't want to go yeah, over my time because okay, I can okay. talk all night. <laughs> but it's just a great way for me to really step into my passion, kind of work, walk in my purpose and, and really change lives. Now, has cooking always been like just kind of like a side passion for you while doing the medicine thing? Or is that something you kind of picked along the way? And the reason why I ask that is I, I tell people all the time in, in medicine, especially at least during my, and I'll talk about my, you know, my training during school, like we probably got like two weeks of just nutrition, just the nutrition education in general. And the rest was just medicine stuff, but just really two weeks of a focus on nutrition. So I, I'm always really keen when my docs say, you know what, like I, I'm going to bring nutrition into this medicine thing because like it's, it goes, almost goes hand in hand. Oh, definitely. And you, you probably got about two weeks more than I got. Um, I mean, as far as how far back it goes, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s, you know, made 1970. And so I remember as a little girl having, having that little easy bake oven, that little, you know, oh, I think yeah. it had like the little cake mix. You can tell me I wasn't, you know, just 
the chef. Um, and then growing up, yeah, my mom is a cook. Her mother, my grandmother, uh, Louise, um, was a school cook, cooked for her, you know, nine children. So uh, I have just fond memories going back to being with her in her kitchen or her visiting us in New York. Because she lived in Alabama. I'm, I'm born and raised in New York. So whenever we would get together, though, believe me, there was some kitchen time. And so I've just always had these fond memories. Um, she would send me this, her, her signature dessert was, um, well, to me, her signature dessert was this simple cake called, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on the, on the name, but it basically was a sweetbread. That was it. It was, it was called sweetbread. It was just a plain um, sheet cake, the plain yellow cake, no icing or anything, but she made it from scratch. I could still smell the vanilla, um, mm -hmm. you know, fresh out the oven. And so when I couldn't be in her presence, she would send it to me in New York. And so that just was just a, a you know, a care package of love as far as I'm concerned. And so it really has infused what I do, um, you know, spreading the love or my concern for people with, but with healthy food and with ways to empower them to make the better choices when they're filling that plate. So obviously, you know, we're we're kind of especially depending on when you listen to this, you know, we're kind of we're in we're, we're still really, unfortunately, knee deep in this pandemic. And, you know, as a physician, as one who's kind of you know been focused on nutrition, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen kind of I don't want to say a backslide. Right. But you've seen, you know, a lot of people really not being able to be as efficient when it comes to eating, as efficient when it comes to nutrition, um, you know, because of all of the factors. Right. Like what what would you say are some of the kind of the biggest right reasons why, you know, the terms like pandemic pounds have, have really kind of taken off? You know, I think that, that is, a first of all, an excellent question that I think a lot of people want to know the answer to. And I'll start by saying it's multifactorial, just like so many things that we see in medicine, right? It's not just one thing. I, you know, I, I think a large part of it is just mental fatigue. People, we're just, we're tired. We're just like, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, we, we thought the end was in sight and then, you know, no, that was instead of, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, it was a train, right? And so um, there's fatigue, but also to people, you know, food is comfort. There's a term called comfort foods for a reason. People often seek comfort in food. And, you know, during the pandemic, when the supply chain was interrupted, it was difficult to get certain foods that you may, you know, normally be able to get that I'm sure could cause some anxiety and maybe even, you know, a little bit of hoarding or overeating. Um, so, and then just being kind of just the unknown, I think it's just, you know, there was, of course, we all remember when there was a mad rush on toilet paper and Clorox and all that. Yes. And so, because we just didn't know there was so much unknown and uncertainty. And so in those situations, people tend to, you know, want to, we want to, it's, it's our nature to control what we can control. And so if that's what you put on your plate, what you buy in the store, so, you know, as much as you can, then I think, you know, some of that may, may be reflected in that. But, you know, it's funny that you, you asked that because I actually, you know, for preparation for tonight's talk, I actually did a little bit of research and I came across this really Let's cool go. survey that um, if, that was done by the International Food Information Council. They're kind of a think tank out of the D.C., out of Washington, D.C. And so they basically looked at people's behaviors kind of pre and post pandemic or, or should I say last year to this year. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share some of the very interesting oh, statistics. Oh, this, this, this is your world. We're, I'm just, this, I'm just yeah, here. Yeah, I was because I really here. wonder how much of this will resonate with your with your listeners and, and viewers. So, 
they did a survey and it showed that in 2020, 85% of people did report a change to their eating and food preparation due to COVID. So nothing really earth shattering there. Um, interestingly, that number had dipped a little bit though this year. You know, we're just over halfway into 2021. Um, this year it has that number has dipped a little bit to 72%. And I, I think that is probably due to the pit to the availability of vaccines. People are getting out more. So so that was interesting. But when they broke it down as far as uh, the overall reasons for why people buy the foods that they do, it was interesting because those things really didn't change much. Number one, of course, was taste. We want food that tastes good. Um, that was 82%, followed by price, which, as we all know, if you've been to the grocery store lately, things are not what they used to things be. Things are getting expensive. I was looking things. at some fruit. I was looking at some fruit the other day. I was like, oh, no, I used to be able to. I said, we get a pack of strawberries for like a couple of bucks. And like, it was like close to three and a half. I said, whoa. Oh my, it is ridiculous because of the interruptions in the food supply, the, the food chains and so, or the supply chains. So that, that definitely was a factor. Um, about 58% of people were concerned about the healthy aspect of their meals or their foods. And then the other 50, another 52% was uh, convenience was a big factor. So kind of stuff that you would think about. Definitely. Interestingly, only about a third of people were concerned as far as environmental sustainability. So hopefully that number will continue to improve as people do move more toward veganism and vegetarian choices. Um, but then to kind of speak to the comfort food aspect that I mentioned earlier, uh, the survey found that 68% um, of the time being familiar with the foods that they were choosing was really important. Again, a, a lot of it due to just the uncertainty and the anxiety that this pandemic has created in people. Um, and if I get to your one more statistic, I really found it was interesting. Uh, well, two, sorry, two more statistics. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, no right. <laughs> They said that um, uh, one third of Americans actually reported snacking more last spring than they did this year. Mm. So we went down from a third to 18 percent. So, you know, that's that's good, because if if we're trying to shed those pounds and people are becoming again, and they're snacking less. Exactly. And then the one thing I Another thing I thought was interesting, because this is kind of near and dear to, to my heart, is the, the, the behaviors around reading labels. Um, they said that only about 52% of us are reading, only about 50 percent of people are reading their labels. So that means, you know, the other 50 are not. And but but it's interesting where you get your food, because if you actually are buying your food in the store, you're more likely to read the label. And I know that's true for me. I you catch me in the store, I'm peering, looking at those labels exactly to see what's in there, those hidden, you know, uh, food bombs, I call them. You want to look out for those. Um, And you can even do that online as well. But it's, uh, you know, it's easier when you have it in hand. But um, when they looked at who was likely to be doing that, 60 percent of people who were considered an excellent or very good health were the ones who tended to read the labels. And that, of course, can kind of correlate with they're in good health because, you know, they are maybe a little, you know, more cognizant, cautious about what they're eating. Exactly. So, yeah, I just thought those were some very interesting statistics about kind of how COVID has shaped things. Um, There, you know, about 25% of people said they were eating more plant-based um, protein sources. Um, so there were some changes in as far as what people were eating as well. But all in all, you know, some some interesting statistics on our, our food consumption. 
So Dr. Money, when we talk about just, you know, behavioral changes, which I obviously I think is the center pinnacle, right? When, when anytime you want to make a change, right? Like mentally, and you, you, there's actions that have to occur for you to make that change. And I think none is bigger than the aspect of eating. Um, and obviously you would know. Um, so when, when you're talking, you know, to, to the people you're working with and the people you're trying to educate, like what are some of those, you know, biggest kind of hurdles and obstacles that you have to help people get over before they can start doing things like, because I know you kind of mentioned in that survey, you know, they're preparing a little bit less. So obviously meal planning, and even when they meal plan, when they go to get certain foods, making sure they get the right foods and making sure, you know, it's, it's still within their cost and all of these other factors, but like, what are some of the biggest obstacles uh, that you've had to help people kind of get over? Like before you can even, I guess, you know, push down that hill. Exactly. Uh, I'll say number one, just like anything else that you want to be successful at is mindset. I think tackling that is really key because, again, food serves so many more purposes than just nutrition for a lot of people. You know, it's a way to come together for families. It's a way to, you know, maintain a tradition. It's a way to comfort, to seek, you know, to to bring back memories of, of happier times. So you have to have a mindset that, you can be successful that yes, you know, we all, if, if you survive 2020, first of all, give, cut yourself some slack, give yes. yourself some grace, um, right? If, if you made it through on the other side, because, you know, over 600,000 Americans were not as fortunate. So number one, you need to cut yourself some slack and then, you know, kind of pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Kind of sit down, really think about what your triggers are, what your motivators are. Um, you know, are you eating because you're sad? Are you eating because you're bored? Are you eating because you're happy? Are you eating because of, you know, kind of make, you know, jot notes, keep a simple food diary. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. The reason why I'm really, laughing is because I feel like you went through every spectrum of emotion that people <laughs> still can attack. Like, so it's it's not even like, oh, they're sad and they're eating. Like, oh, no, you'd be happy too and eating. And you could be lonely or you could be like, with the group it's like it's it's so funny like there's almost not one thing that can prevent yeah. you from you know you know associating food and eating which is i i, I think it's pretty funny oh i if i eat something i'll break out dancing i mean i'll do my little happy dance because something tastes so good so you know i <laughs> you know it doesn't just have to be a negative thing food is you know it's 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 good i mean it, it, it's yeah. it's nutritional yeah. it's it's nourishment um, well, you hope it's nutritional. You can you can have food that's not nutritional, yeah, sure. but but yeah. So you know, don't want to go too much into that. But but yeah. So there's, I definitely think you know, mindset. So being purposeful. And I, I in my first book, um, meal planning, uh, meal masters, I, I talk about. I, there's a chapter on mindset in that book, and I use the analogy of we make time for what's important. And I'm going to say this slow because I want people to hear me. We make time for what's important versus finding time. Mm. So whether that's exercise, whether like it's that. meal planning. That, that will be a quote. That will be a quote, y'all. y'all. Here's, here's an example. Somewhere. They, they, feel free. Here's an example. Say, for example, you're walking down the street and you look down and you find a $100 bill. You said, look down, there it is. You didn't know you were going to get that $100 that day. You just happened to look down. There it was. Versus, you know, I need to go to the bank to get this $100. So what do you have to do? You have to make time to go to the ATM, to go to the bank. It's that that second one involves purpose. It involves intention. It involves planning. Mm-hmm. And maybe not a lot, 
but you still have to, you know, figure that in, factor that into your day. Same thing with meal planning or exercise. I, I was going to say, I, I see you leaning us right into like, well, you're going to be intentional. You got to be intentional. With, You've got you're gonna to be eat. Every, every day we eat. Like tomorrow, I know I'm going to eat. The next day, I know I'm going to eat. If I know I'm going to eat in next week, like why am I not trying to plan for something I already know I'm going to, so I, all right, and, I love let's go, yeah, let's it's go. It's no surprise, right? It's no surprise that you're going to be hungry, you know, at a certain time of day. Like, you know, it's kind of like clockwork. And, you know, it, but the thing is you want to, you know, be purposeful about it so that you're not, you know, get hangry, right? Those those twins, hunger plus anger and hangry, yes. not a good combination. Um, Because then what happens? You just want to tear down the kitchen <laughs> or, you know, stop it at the, the corner junk food store, you know, fast food restaurant. So, you know, you want to kind of be ahead of that because, you know, as, as we, we just, our brain is at the top of our bodies for a reason, right? Everything kind of flows from that. So, yes, I think um, it, to answer your question, I mean, I really think it's because it, the biggest thing is, is mindset. And I also think part of it is just misinformation. I know you're doing a podcast later and I can't wait about you know COVID misinformation but there's just a lot of misinformation about a lot of stuff let's just let's just put this out there the internet can be good but it can be when it's bad when it's good it's good and when it's bad it's bad and so there's a lot of misinformation there's a lot of cultural barriers and so you know people may think oh I can't go vegan because that's for other people or it's too expensive or it you know and so Mm-hmm. I think so, so that they those, just heard they they never even experienced it, but they've heard it, and they that's heard enough for it. them to say exactly. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. addressing some of those cultural or or not even cultural, but just you know, just misconceptions uh, or, or ignorance. And I say ignorance is not not in a derogatory way. Ignorance just means you you don't know, right? We all are ignorant about something, right? I don't know how to fly a rocket, right? So I'm ignorant when it comes to that. So, you know, I'm not saying ignorant to be derogatory, but I'm saying that when you, you want to, first of all, know your source. I have a, a, my son is starting his senior year next week in high school and he'll come and tell me he saw something. I said, what, who, who, where did you get that from? What is your source? Don't come to me telling me you heard or saw some, saw some nonsense. Check your source. Verify. Please, it's 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 so it's so rampant, especially especially in the industry that you're in, of the the amount of misconceptions associated with eating, uh, eating well, eating healthy, eating still within your budget, um, eating with uh, purpose, eating with plan. There's so many misconceptions uh, that again, I, I obviously don't envy uh, your job, right? Because like you have to break down so many different barriers for someone to say like, you know what? Dr. Monique is right. Like, let me stop. Let me stop playing games right here. Like, like, let me, let me, let me take off whatever blinder I had in front of me and really kind of make this choice to kind of go, uh, in this direction and be nutritious and, you know, eat with like the actual purpose that I need to eat with. So I, like, again, like I said, I don't envy, um, your field because again, obviously, you already know how medicine is. Um, but I mean, nutrition in and of itself. Again, I'm talking. I'm talking about it from the perspective of a physician, and I am. I got just as many blinders when it comes to you know nutrition, adequate nutrition, what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. like. I got just as many, so I can only imagine. Um, you know, for those who may not have the the doctoral degree or whatever, um, you know, all the stuff that they kind of face trying to you know you know be their best self. 
Well, you know, it can be challenging, but I think it's like that diabetic patient who you finally get that A1C down or the, the hypertensive, you finally get them to go. It's, you know, you, you when you see, you meet people where they are and when you get them to, when you see them have that aha moment, it's, it is, it is, uh, it is a really good feeling. I'll just put it like that. So yes, there may be some bumps in the road, but I think when you meet people where they are, you find out what's important to them. Why, why do you want to do this? You know, what, what is, yeah, you've, I'm sure you've heard you need to eat, you know, right and exercise, but what is going to make you take ownership of it? What is going to really say, yeah, you know, I need to do this because of, X, Y, Z, you know, I want to, I want my knees to stop hurting. I want to be able to walk up the stairs and not be out of breath, you know, things like that. But it's hard because, you know, we are bombarded with all kinds of stuff. My, my most, can I, can I take a moment to tell you what my least favorite yes. commercial is right now? On, okay. on TV? Right. Every time I see this commercial, it makes me cringe because it's sending the wrong message in so many ways. I think it's a macaroni and cheese commercial. And it's a little girl being literally chased through the house by her mother with a fork of macaroni and cheese. And the little girl is like, no, I don't want any more. And the mother's like, you're going to eat this. And they're running through the house. And then it's, you know, the scene cuts to this brand of macaroni and cheese. And it's, ah, you know, everything is, everyone is happy and loving. And so what have we learned from this commercial? Number one, we're teaching our children that, you know, it's satiety. We just blow right past that, right? The little girl has told you that she's not hungry. Why are you chasing her around with the food? <laughs> so, you know, and, and what kind of food? You're giving us some processed crap out of a box. So. <laughs> it's just that commercial just rubs me wrong for so many reasons. But I, if I may say one more thing about cultural, because, you know, being African-American, my folks are from the South. I'm, I'm born and raised in New York, but my people are from, from Alabama on both sides. And, and this is not just cultural. When you love someone, when you're concerned about someone, what do you do? You show them that love through that, through cooking. I know when I cook for my family, my friends, this is an expression of my love and my concern for them. So you want them to eat. You want them to leave your table satisfied and full. Yes. But sometimes in our community, we go past full. Oh yes. We we don't you know our brain, you know, if we if we scarf everything down, studies are showing if you just eat slowly and wait about 20 minutes, let those chemicals, let those um the regulators, the, the, the pathways between your brain and your stomach, let them communicate and let them let the stomach send send the signal up to your brain to say, hey, look, you're full, you're good, pump the brakes. The other thing too is is your hydration status. I'm sitting here, I'm working on my water yes. because one thing I tell people all the time is hydrate, 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 especially now it's summertime. If you're working outdoors, you're exercising, you definitely want to do more than what you would do during cooler months. But we often mistake thirst for hunger. And so what happens is we, you know, oh, we're, we're oh, hungry. Yes. What do we do? We reach for something to eat when really that's your body's first starting signal to you that you're that you need to drink. And so by the time you actually are cognizant that you are thirsty, you're actually a little bit dehydrated, probably about 10% dehydrated. Mm -hmm. So my advice to people, you know, going out to restaurants or even, you know, when you eat it at home, drink water first, have an eight ounce glass of water first 
So that way, by the time you get to the restaurant, you know, those those barrel receptors and all the, you know, synapses are firing. So your brain is is kind of, is, is for some reason, there's a little bit of a delay. So you want to, um, I'm sure there's some evolutionary uh, reason for that, but you want to give that pathway time to really fire, really connect and say, okay, look, I'm not as hungry as I thought I was. Um, let me not order everything on the menu. So those are just little ways. And, you know, I tell people, think of when you're drinking, when you're taking sips of water, think of, you know, you're getting little diet pills, side effect free diet pills, because the more you fill up with water, you know, the less you'll, you'll want to take in and in solid calories or other liquid calories. You know, every everything has a cost. Everything has a calorie cost uh, pretty much except for water. So that's just a way to, to kind of put some put some good points on the board for yourself versus, you know, the harmful ones. Ooh, I love it. So you when we when you talk about especially from a nutritional standpoint, and, you know, people say, okay, yes, you know, Dr. Monique, yes, I feel better, right? Maybe, maybe I eat when I'm, you know, closer knit. And obviously with this pandemic, you know, a lot of, a lot of families couldn't be close knit, right? So they had to be alone. Um, so they, sometimes again, just the, the act of eating, being together makes me more happier. What are some other benefits with just like eating well that, that you've, uh, that you've been able to kind of expound upon people you work with? Sure. And, and that's a great, um, point you make about studies have shown that that kids, if you eat more, the more meals that you eat as a family, um, you see children do better academically, they do better self-esteem wise, they have, um, you know, less uh, problems with depression. Um, And in fact, actually, this study that I was referring to, they actually, there's actually a a point that they made about um, eating meals together and I thought it was very interesting. Um, oh, if they found that fruit and vegetable consumption actually increases with the frequency of family meals. So the more meals that you that these uh, participants ate as a family, the more healthy they ate. And I, I thought that was really wonderful. They didn't go into detail about why that was. Um, but I would just imagine that, you know, the, the mother, the father, the parent is at the table saying, eat your vegetables. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Like, but, sometimes I work on the opposite. Like, you know, you're like, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not leaving. You're not leaving here until you eat all that food. Right. We uh, all remember that. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, from from the, the from the pandemic standpoint, as far as um, you know what eating healthy does, I mean, number one, you know, boosting that immune system, right? I did a, a at the way back last year. It seems like you know dog years, like it was been so long ago, but it was just kind of at the beginning of of COVID. I actually did a blog about foods that boost your immune system. And, uh, and it's, it's really common sense stuff. I mean, it's it literally, you know, if you eat your colors, that's my kind of my hashtag on, on Instagram is hashtag eat your colors, oh, okay. um, you know, your, your fruits and vegetables, all those colors are actually beneficial. Yes, they're gorgeous. Right. And that makes that draws you in because we eat with our eyes first. But those phytochemicals, those phytonutrients those healthy plant um, um, chemicals are antioxidants. They are anti-inflammatories. So they boost your immune system. They decrease your risk for heart disease, chronic heart disease, diabetes, chronic inflammation in your joints throughout your body. I mean, we, we know this, you know, red peppers, uh, the color red, those, those, those red peppers, those orange peppers, anything colored orange, the, the, you know, beta carotene, right? All that stuff has got just throughout the body. It helps with your eyes. It helps with boost your immune system. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Inhale, so, inhale. you know, 
all that good stuff. All that good stuff, you know, turmeric, you know, one of my, one of my favorite things to cook with, one of my favorite spices to cook with is turmeric. It's very mild, but it has a beautiful, it's actually what gives mustard this yellow color. So there's some trivia for you guys. So if you're wondering why mustard is yellow, it's because of turmeric and turmeric turns things yellow. So I use it in, um, I have a, when I make scrambled tofu, so to make it look like scrambled eggs, I sprinkle in some, some turmeric. Turmeric has... Much like ginger, turmeric has anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial product. I mean, like you can't get better than that. So if you're looking to boost your immune system, which we all can use, you know, definitely, you know, vaccine and unvaccinated, um, look in your spice cabinet. You know, and if you can get fresh, even better. But if you can't, I mean, these are some things that will definitely help. Um, you know, of course, citrus, lim- you know, your lemons, your your limes, all that stuff, vitamin C. All of it is beneficial. So, you know, I, I encourage people at least once a week, go to the produce aisle, pick something that you, you know, you may not have ever used before and Google it and go home and see what, see what comes do, up. Do, 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 some, do some magic with it. Do uh, some magic with it. <laughs> I'm in culinary school right now and I'm, I'm doing, a, I'm in a plant-based culinary school and we had class last night and she was talking about the different types of the uh, greens that you can, uh, lettuces and, and greens that you can make use for salad. And I typed in the chat as, you know, we're virtual. I said, oh my God, you're making me want to run to the grocery store right now. Because just the idea of getting these, these lettuces and these, these, um, these greens that I have not personally used and purpose, uh, put them in a salad. is just exciting to me. I love it. I love <laughs> so I encourage people to try it out. I I'm hashtag Dr. Food nerd. So like I said, you're going to have to get the uh, the Apollo Sandman hook because once I get going, <laughs> it's interesting. And then I, I, you you kind of stepped over it, but like I'm I'm trying to go back, like like a culin a culinary school. Like let's like like how does how Doctor Monique find herself in culinary school? Because I'm like, <laughs> like I know you love food, but like like that. I think that's again, and that's what we talk about here in the Lexington community. We talk about levels, right? Like yeah, you can like food, but like if you really like like going to school for it, like that's a whole nother. Like, like now I'm sitting back like, okay, wow. Okay. So yeah, this, this is not for play play here. It's not for play play. We, we, it is not, you know, you know, again, it's the universe. I really, I so believe in when you put stuff out there, it's going to come back to you. Um, And so one of my sororers, a dear friend of mine, she is actually a caterer. Her her side hustle, you know, if you ask everybody, everybody's got a side hustle, side gig, right? So she works in corporate America, but her side hustle is she's a caterer. And she um, herself recently decided to only offer vegan and vegetarian dishes in her in her um, in her business because she has recently adopted such a diet and she's dropped I think now like forty pounds. Her cholesterol has gone down. Her med- she oh, doesn't need blood pressure medicine. I mean, she is like the poster child for lifestyle changes, right? That we talk about with our patients. So that that really um, encouraged her to really now put that into her business. And so she's the one that told me, well, actually she posted on Facebook that she has signed up for this vegan, um, you know, plant-based cooking culinary school. And I was like, what? And so, you know, I reached out to her and she gave me the link to sign up and I joined. And, and so this is actually the first class that the, the cooking, the school is Escoffier, Auguste, Auguste is French, uh, Escoffier. 
Um, and it, that school has been in existence for quite some time, but this is actually the first plant-based class. So I'm super excited to be part of it. And it's really just going to help me bring good content to my followers. I, I already have my second, I'm already working on my second volume of my cookbook based on stuff that, um, that I'm learning now. Learning so right I, now. I'm oh, excited. that's beautiful. That is I'm beautiful. So let, let's, let's, let's talk about the cookbook, right? Let's talk about, you know, you know, one, why a cookbook, right? It's probably obviously sounds obvious now, but why a cookbook, why you felt, you know what, I, I know my community needs me and, you know, what better way to help assist my community by giving them like, you know, this product here, why a cookbook, what are some, and what, obviously what, and then what are your favorite things you like out of the cookbook and what should people expect out of the, the next one? Certainly. So again, it's, it's that it's that universe thing I keep talking about. But you know, we, when your customers tell you, you know, our, our coach tells you, right? But they they tell you what they need from you, what they want from you. So you know, people kept asking me, when is the cookbook coming out? Because they thought the first book was a cookbook, and I said, well, no, the, the Meal Masters book is really a how-to kind of self, you know, self-help kind of setup for the cookbook. This is going to be a series of you know, many one and many to come so the cookbook for me and it kind of evolved as I was writing it because it went from just you know here's a recipe here's some pictures of the food enjoy to um I started doing this blog series called vegan-ish it's on my website at drmoniquemay.com and I call it vegan-ish because you know it's my journey toward a more plant-based Nice. A more plant-based diet. Um, and I don't like to say word diet. Diet with a small D. To me, sure. you know, yes. there's big D and little D, right? So like the Mediterranean diet versus, uh, which is the capital D versus, um, you know, I'm going on a diet, which to me is the, the bad word. Because, you know, you can't do a diet forever, right? It really needs to be lifestyle changes. It needs to be sustainable and, you know, things that you can do for the next 40 years. Right. So versus, you know, 10 weeks or whatever to get into the dress for your high school reunion. So when I say diet, I'm referring to more of, <laughs> I'm referring more to, you know, things that are going to be sustainable. So I did this, this blog series and it's, it's, AB, it's the ABCs, Dr. Monique's um, ABCs, because I wanted to highlight um, and I found 26 things um, that I've been using on my vegan journey. On my, and I say vegan-ish because I'm not 100%, but I more often than not eat much more plant-based because um, I've never really been a big red meat eater, but I still enjoy, I, mean, I eat chicken from time to time. I eat some fish um, and I like honey. So honey, for those who don't know, honey is, you know, it's not, it's not vegan because it's made from, from bees. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Sense. Okay. So there's some things I'm not quite willing to give up. So I just started chronicling in this blog series. And so each letter was, um, you know, so A was avocado. I love avocados. Yeah, I have shout a t-shirt. Out, shout out avocado. Shout out avocados. Avocado. I mean, they're, you know, you get fiber, you get omega-3s, you get the good fat, everything. So I just went through the alphabet. And so as I'm looking at this, I was like, you know, this is great. So when I posted it on my website, I would post the website. Uh, I'm sorry, I would post the recipe featuring that item. So nice. I think for avocado, I posted my avocado waffle recipe. So that is a completely vegan recipe. It is instead of there's no egg, there's no, um, you know, milk, there's um, um, uh, no, uh, you know, cow's milk in it. Um, so no, no, no regular. No, I use all plant 
um, based um, foods to make the avocado waffles and they're delicious. So each blog had a recipe. So people could um, see what I was creating. So I was like, well, I've got 26 recipes right here. And so, and sometimes even more. So depending on, on what I was talking about, there's, you know, two or three recipes in a blog. So that content is in the book. And then um, also just kind of, I have several chapters in here kind of, okay, well, you know, you want to go vegan. Well, what do you need to know about it? So I talk about how do you replace eggs in a vegan diet? How do you replace milk? How do you replace butter? And for me, given the game, I love that. Just oh yeah, yeah. And I, I talk about everything because I'm like I said, I'm do- hashtag Doctor Food Nerd. So you know, a lot of it is my trial and error. You know, like like aquafaba. Like I this time last year, I did not know what aquafaba was. Now I am absolutely. I'll be honest. I'm I'm, I'm sitting here right now, 2021. <laughs> I don't know what aqua. <laughs> Aquafaba is, it's, it's bean juice. And so if you get a can of beans and all these years, what do I do? I've, I open up that can of beans and rinse them off and pour that juice down the sink. Someone, yes. And I don't know how this, who figured this out. Aquafaba is a great egg replacement, more so for egg whites. So it's great as a binder. Um, So I use it in, in some of my baked goods, some of my desserts. So yeah, just stuff like that. So I talk about yeah, you know what's so interesting as you say that, like, and I don't know if this is a culture thing because, like, like, for, like, in, I'm in South Florida, and we have this uh, restaurant called uh, Pollo Tropical, and one of the things I order when I order, like, I'll get rice, but I'll say, oh, I want the bean juice, right? Because they they'll just load you up with the beans, and I'm like, I don't want, and I'm Haitian, so most of our meals usually has like rice. The bean juice, which which is crazy, because you say you dump it out. I'm like, oh my god, you dump it out. What are you doing? Like, milk <laughs> has like the bean juice, and then whatever protein, meat, chicken, or whatever that is. Like, we don't even really eat like the actual beans. Like, some people like it's not a it's not a staple. But like in in different cultures, where like the main thing is like all of the beans that they're eating. So like it's it's just it's, so I can imagine just the different cultural aspects of just kind of navigating. Uh, you know taking this away, eat this, don't eat, like, it just, it, like, it just, it just popped in my head right when you said you, like, you dumped all the bean juice, because I'm like, oh my God, how are you eating? But- <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny, I, I have hypertension, and, um, and I'm, I'm very um, uh, transparent about that, so I'm very careful about the sodium that I, that I eat, like, you know, in my intake, and, you know, we know canned vegetables can be loaded with salt, and so I typically will, you know, if I'm using canned beans, I rinse them off, but, because I'm, I want to reduce the sodium content. But yeah, I now I use that aquafaba because I'm not using very much, you know, maybe three tablespoons, depending. The, the, the ratio is roughly three tablespoons uh, of aquafaba equals one egg, roughly. So, you know, just things like that. And so I also, in the book, I'm, I'm a, a self-avowed kitchen gadget junkie. So I have a chapter where I tell people, you know, I, I break down kind of some of the gadgets. What are my go-tos? What I recommend? Mm-hmm. I talk about you know, your kitchen appliances. I mean, it's really a good kind of starter book. Um, I think written, I, I wrote it with um, people in mind. You know, you you can, you, it's something I think in there for everyone. If you're new and just getting started all the way to those who are experienced, because you can always learn something new. I love it. Oh, whatever. Okay. So before I let you go, right. I mean, first of all, I'm just like, I'm just, like I say, I'm, 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 I'm still taking the back that you dump all the juice out, but like, <laughs> still, I'm, I'm recovering. Uh, but I, I just, against me. remember I told you earlier, we all are ignorant <laughs> about something there. I was ignorant about being juice. <laughs> as, as we, as we, yeah, we're still in the pandemic, still kind of, 
you know, we're, we're, st- we're, we're at least what the survey is kind of mentioning this year, we, we seem to be kind of going in the right direction. You know, we're snacking a little bit less. Hopefully we're starting preparing a little bit more. Um, you know, for, be- before we let you go, what are some parting shots, right, for the lunch learning community to say like, hey, like, like this is your time, get it together. These are a couple of things that you should definitely, like if you can only choose one or two, these are definitely things you should do, right? To get to, to make sure a 2022 is much better um, if 20 and 2020 and 21 wasn't good for you. I was, I would say, you know, number one, I'm going to go back and say, it may sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say, get your mind right. Yes. Um, definitely get your mind right. Kind of address and it's hard. It's hard to make those changes. It's hard to kind of look inside and do that work sometimes, but really have an honest conversation with yourself about what role food really plays in your life. And when you kind of, I think when you crack that nut, you know, no, no pun intended, but when you really do that part, um, it, it will, I think things will start to fall into place and you'll, it'll, it'll really make sense. Cause you know, it What's the definition of insanity. You know, you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. So until you get help and kind of get unstuck with that, don't expect to get different results. So, and whether that means you need, you know, help from someone else, um, you know, there's all kinds of apps and things out now. There's nothing wrong with that. We all need help. We all need coaches, you know, coaches need coaches, right? So um, please don't kind of, I would say, get out of your own way. If that's what, if that's what your issue is, don't be, don't let pride or ego or any of that stuff get in your way to get to help you get to that next step. And then I would say probably um, go to your grocery store, you know, and the one thing that that I just, I found interesting was, and in one of my blogs, I talked about, you know, with the pandemic kind of turning everything upside down, um, being the disruptor of all disruptors was it it changed the way we also, we get our food, right? So, you know, we can only go to the grocery store at certain times of the the day, you know, older people had the, you know, earlier shopping hours or they said, don't touch stuff, you know, like get what you're going to get and, you know, stop handling everything. So just kind of the basic. Even, even those like, um, like the delivery apps, right? Where some people ain't even go to the grocery store no more. Like they just- I was just about to say, Instacart. I have jumped on the Instacart bandwagon. It's great because you know, really for me, it's a time saver. You know, when you're doing you know 50, 11 things, it's great to just be able to order your food and go to your front door and get it. But um, but yeah, from that to you know meal delivery, you know um, now they they have them all kind. You know, you can get vegan, you oh, yeah. get all types of different meals. Um, they even have, you know, the ones where, you know, the ugly foods, like foods that the produce that, that um, you know, may not be as pretty, but there's nothing wrong with them. You can actually order that and that cuts down on food waste and, you know, helps with the environment as well. Um, farmer's market, you know, I have a local farmer's market, a couple here, actually not too far from me. So I like to go when I can, you know, and just see what's in what's in, in season. Uh, that's grown locally grown because that food typically at the farmer's market is going to be so much fresher, so much actually have more vitamins than the same thing you may get in the grocery store because, you know, depending on where that food came from, how far that food had to travel. Cause you know, think about it. It's, it's, it's from the ground. It's a plant. And so just like, you know, if you have a, you know, beautiful roses on your counter, you know, they start to wilter, you know, um, wilt and die after a while. Yeah, a the, clock, the clock is ticking. Second week the clock is up. ticking. So, you know, and food in the grocery store, sometimes, you know, it's not always local. We have stuff that's international. So, and in that process, you know, nutrients are, are lost. And so, 
I would just encourage your your listeners to, you know, explore food market. Um, I'm sorry, farmers markets, and also don't forget your frozen um, aisle, your frozen foods, because those can actually have um, much more nutrition. Again, depending on because um, a lot of uh, depending on the oh, on the, okay. the processing, mm. um, some of the the farms can actually process the the food. Uh, very soon after it's, it's after, very soon after it's harvested, so they seal in those antioxidants and those vitamins, um, and you're getting the nutritional, you're bang for your nutritional buck, so to speak. Um, and and even canned foods, certain canned foods like tomatoes, canned tomatoes are actually, if not healthier, just as healthy as fresh tomatoes. They have higher levels of lycopene. Mm-hmm. Which is an antioxidant, which helps to decrease uh, risk for prostate cancer and heart disease. So, being open and explore, you know, as I said before, you know, go to your your produce aisle, pick something that you may have never, you know, used before. I used, uh, I I tried this with the um, uh, a star fruit, and it because it looks like a star when you cut it, it the the, the slices look like stars. Um, you know, just try it out. You just never know. Um, pomelo. I discovered pomelo that way. Pomelo is basically a large, it looks like a huge grapefruit. Um, so it's in the citrus family, but it's a little sweeter than grapefruit. Huge load of vitamin C and fiber. Plus it's just juicy and delicious. So yes, <laughs> just you never mean? know, <laughs> you know, you may just be one grocery stop or grocery visit away from your next favorite food. So don't be afraid to explore. Ooh, I, I like that. Oh, that's a good ending. So before uh, I said before we let you go, now before we let you go, when 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 is this book coming out? Right. So when when can we purchase this book? Right. We we need to know um, where can people follow, find, read, watch. Like let's 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 dump it all out here, right? Like how how can Definitely. we? Get you? Where can we? When when is this? When is this book coming? Or like like let give us all those details so we can uh, prepare for that. So the name of the book is Doc Fix My Plate, The Physician in the Kitchen's Prescriptions for Your Healthy Plate Makeover. I love it. So again, uh, we definitely need to make sure that when this book comes out, right, like we not only do we get the book, if there's a chance to watch you cooking live or I don't know how you, we, I know how I know how the moguls do it. So I, I know y'all got something cooked, um, you know, definitely make sure we are supporting out of Monique because again, 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 this pandemic is here. Uh, hopefully it'll end soon. Right. But we we can't wait for that to occur for us to make these changes now. Right. So definitely uh, let's make sure we support this book when this book comes out. And actually, if you want cooking, if you want to watch me cook or cook with me, you can definitely join my subscription. I have at cookingwithdrmonique.com. And we have we offer anything from one on one courses to uh, on demand to it's, it's up to you. So cookingwithdrmonique.com and you can you can have your own physician in the kitchen. Oh, I love it. Again, uh, thank you again for really just blessing us, uh, blessing the community. Um, you know, we're, we're ready to go. I love it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to the end of the episode. It is your truly Dr. Barry Pierre. I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support. Just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode. Hope you were empowered by today's episode. Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode and if you have not already done so subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review especially on apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review leave a review there because your support is so 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 valuable 
for what we're doing here on the Lynch Learn and everything with Pierre Michael Consulting. And if you have not done so, go ahead and join the listserv. To join the listserv, it's very easy. Just grab your phone right now. I'll pause. Join the listserv. You want to text Lunch Learn Pod. This is all going to be one word Lunch Learn Pod to 44222. And you'll be on the listserv. You'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out. You'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because I usually tell my listserv members, hey, this is what I'm working on. These are the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on. Thanks, guys. You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.